0: Welcome back, episode sixty-six of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Travis. I got that Nest friend going on on YouTube there, and that's that's Alex. He does the he does the SNES drunk, and uh, together uh, we're just two drunk friends, and uh, we're just hanging out here talking about video games, man. And that's that's what life is all about, right, Alex?
1: Yeah, it's all life. This is, life. is, is about life, life. All all of life encompasses. Around video games, obviously, though, it should be obvious to even the most dim-witted individual <laughs> that in all video games is all that matters. That's why you're listening to this podcast. That's why you should be listening to to uh, your videos on uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and Splatterhouse.
0: What Juan Pacu and Amazing. Graffiti. Segway. I want to commend you on that segway. Oh, yeah, I know you appreciate a good segue. That was very good. You stuck the landing there. I was a little worried about you. We hit some turbulence, but we're good now. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> um, I don't know which is not as good. The, the, mo- the movie, the original movie, or... I mean, I like the movie, but... <clears throat> Have you seen the movie, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes?
1: Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, it, it, It's one of those, like, it was made...
0: F- To Be cheesy on purpose, sure. I mean, my favorite part is not the tomatoes, it's when all of those guys in that little meeting room have to crawl over each other to get in their seats. I (laughs) love that shit. That's my favorite thing about it. It has nothing to do with the tomatoes.
1: (laughs) The game, though, uh, the game seems like a big missed opportunity. It seems like there's a good game that could that is lurking within that movie, that
0: franchise. That's not it. No, it's not it. It, it. To to be somewhat fair, I guess I don't know, but the the game itself is based on the cartoon. Yeah, I, I did. I didn't know about this cartoon. Yeah, well, you should go listen to the theme song if you want an earworm stuck in your head until you die. Because Uh-oh. yeah, it's it's a rough one, but uh, uh, it's not that bad as a for a Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, but the game itself, not just not great. It, first of all, it's way too short. You can beat it in like fifteen minutes, and uh, it's a little bit that janky. And
1: That is really surprising considering it's an NES game. So you could rent this thing, yeah. beat it on a Friday night, no problem, and that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might take you a couple dry runs to to learn where to not go so you don't die. And then after that, you're golden and you beat the game. And it doesn't have really anything memorable about it. It's kind of sad. So there's, that's Attack of the hmm. Killer Tomatoes. Play at your own risk. And then there's Splatterhouse, when Paku Graffiti on the old Famicom. And I think that this game... Is basically just, uh, it, it's like Chucky, right? Because you're just a little spider house guy, you're a little GB spider house guy, uh, Rick, and uh, you, you have a big axe and you just walk down the, the walk everywhere, just murder shit, and it, everything is it goes in one hit. It's so satisfying to play, it feels so good to play, like it's so fluid and, and and responsive. Classic action platformer meets beat em up mechanics, yeah, you know, 2D
1: a little bit of platforming here and there and it's konami and it's back when konami was really good and they really were had, every game they put out had that certain polish to it which is uh excellent so yeah that is absolutely by the way
0: i need to call attention to something is it to konami you i said, thought it was i thought it was uh namco i think it's namco is it Namco? I thought it was Konami. I think it's old Namco there. I don't want to give you a little bit of a little bit of a little bit
1: of let's be old a little bit of 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 i little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little Sure, of so. a sure, give you. of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little for years for You have always said that your channel, Nest Friend, is a slave to the randomizer. Mm -hmm. Now, what are the odds that the games you picked were randomly picked by your randomizer
0: to be Halloween themed in October, a.k.a. Spooky Month? (sighs) Well, I'll tell you. So, uh, all year long, if the randomizer randomizes a spooky game, I slot it down the road in October. So it ah. was it was randomly chosen probably in March, but uh, I will say this: I'll give you this. I do like I to throw know. I like to throw a Famicom game in there on the spooky season, just so I don't run out of spooky games one on the NES one day. Uh, I do deliberately go after those. So I I did pull Splatterhouse out, and like last year I pulled Kid Dracula aside. So yeah, occasionally I will. Fudge the random. I randomizer. ran
1: out of spooky games like three years ago, so yeah. I, I just do whatever. Now I'm doing Lamborghini American Challenge. <laughs> I, I saw <laughs> that and I was like,
0: wow, that is, I'm not scared.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, it's a great novelty game because it's a racing game, classic arcade style racing, like Top Gear style, and it utilizes two peripherals for the Super Nintendo, not just the mouse, which actually works really well. With I can't the believe it. Yeah. Yeah, it it feels really comfortable. Uh, not only that, but it works with the Super Scope. That's it like crazy introduces. To me. Yeah, you have to have the Super Scope plugged in with the power off on the on the console. Turn it on, and the game boots up in like a different mode. And you have to like set the accuracy and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, sure enough, you're just driving around blowing people away. It's freaking awesome. Now, how, it's, how do you guide I mean, yourself with the with the? Uh, when you, when you if get you're the- playing, if you're playing one player, uh, the driving is automatic by the computer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you just shoot everything, but you can have a second player drive right. through the second player, which is super fun and just, especially uh, if you do like I did and control uh, the driving with your feet while uh, shooting stuff, which is uh, always fun. Man, I would have Any- anytime never feet guessed. are involved with a video game. Yeah. <laughs> that's always good times
0: yeah i would have never guessed that game had like a car combat mode to it just based on i based on the cover it just seems like your your everyday top gear rip off oh yeah so.
1: that's what drew me to it yeah it's 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 a boring racing game but it's got all this you you can bet on yourself to uh when you win you you get extra money and that sort of stuff that's kind of cool hmm. uh all the character portraits in the game are all like 90s ass So it's it's great. Uh, Other than that, uh, Mystic Defender is the other game that I looked at this week. And that's just your classic uh, run-and-gun Sega Genesis game. Uh, Seems like it should be like an arcade port or something like that. But it's it's good for what it is. It was made by Sega themselves in 89. And it was one of the games that really went a long ways in uh, differentiating itself from uh what the NES was doing at the time. Like this thing this game was fast. Uh there's lots of stuff you can choose from. The great enemy design, great it just looks really good. Mm-hmm. Great music.
0: Um I've actually played yeah, this I, I'm one surprised. I, I own it and I this one's is yeah. definitely one that stands out in my library. I think it gets a little hard a little over halfway through, but I'd like I definitely liked it. Like it it's Yeah. Level fun. four gets gets to some really tricky
1: platforming. Is that the lava stage? Yeah, the lava stage yeah. where the, the platforms go beneath the lava. That's that's tough to deal with at times. But, um, yeah, I'm surprised that game's not talked about more because no it's pretty
0: damn good. Yeah, I agree. who made that? Sega made that. Oh, of course. Okay, great. Yeah, it's cool. It's got the classic, uh, I guess it, maybe it's more of an attribute of early Genesis games, but just the large yeah. sprites.
1: The big sprites and the big levels. Like, yeah. you've got, like, these huge... Uh, like landscapes, you can like in the first level, uh, the first level boss, you uh jump through these. Uh, the only way you can get the boss to come out to so you can damage him is to climb up all these tree branches. It's kind of like there's a lot of uh Genesis games like that, like X Men, like Vector Man, where it's just these huge levels that you wander around in and you eventually stumble upon the right way to go. And yeah, it's this isn't that uh that dissimilar from that cool so that's what we've been up to that's what we've been up to no. uh you're you're uh sabotaging your uh randomizer you're you're uh you're you're a lot li- you're a big fat liar no i'm just kidding i'm you're not a big fat liar oh thank but, you but uh <laughs> I'm just calling into question your your ethics at
0: this point. I understand okay? that. Yeah. I'm an
1: investigative reporter at this point. I, like, I am on. a slave
0: to the randomizer, though. I got to be honest. Most of the time, 99% of the time, it's Gary Kitchen games. But the rest of the time, it's <laughs> something else. <laughs> Gary Kitchens has hacked your uh, randomizer at this point, I think. Yeah. I get to call you He's out, a, though, because it's Gary Kitchen, not Kitchens. So, oh, God. I'm doing the thing. Yeah. You're doing the Walmarts. Going to Walmarts. I'm doing... <laughs> Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well,
1: what'd you get us through this first email here? Then we, uh, we got right. one here. We got we got demo discs. Uh, is the subject of this email? He says, uh, "Greetings, Alex and Travis. Happy holidays. Long time, first time." Before I get to the question, I just want to thank you both for putting out the absolute best '90s ass podcast the world has ever seen. Wow, that wow. is high praise. The world has ever seen i guess there aren't a whole lot of 90s ass podcasts Honestly, i
0: gotta listen to number two to see who we're staying ahead of ass number two get it oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it.
1: yeah that's great i if i could still do buttheads laugh i'd, I'd do that right now but i can't <laughs> i don't want to embarrass myself but anyway the question i wanted to ask you both is what if any was your attachment to magazine demo discs way back in the day i remember I remember buying official PlayStation magazine from the magazine rack at the grocery store while my parents were shopping. I'd be conflicted because the magazine itself wasn't as good as, say, an EGM or Gamers Republic, but that disc... That sweet, sweet disc had bite-sized treasures from a wide variety of offerings. I wasted countless hours trying to wring as much value out of those demo discs as possible. I remember convincing myself that somehow, if I was fast enough in the wipe, in the wipeout demo i'd somehow unlock the complete game (laughs) some of my favorite demos for playstation were the aforementioned wipeout and thrasher skate and destroy and for the ps2 ico and metal gear solid 2 anywho thanks for listening and who would win in a fistfight between three doors down and third eye blind caleb h and he Uh, also gives a twitter handle here
0: uh, at at lazy eyes played that's right i i recognize that from uh he's a he's a polykill regular so thank you caleb for Eh, for reaching out Caleb. he does he thanks us for listening even though that uh uh he's the one listening so uh (laughs) but you're welcome for us listening or for listening and reading whichever but this is a good for listening to my reading of (laughs) exactly uh but this is an interesting fight we got here between three doors down and third eye blind i think it's a draw and they both
1: suck it's I, I'm rooting. It's it's one of those deals where you you know you hate both teams and you just root for a meteor to strike the stadium.
0: Right, right. We'll just leave it at that then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was when like music really got shitty for me because I don't know any of those songs. I know the band names, but I don't know any songs
0: they did. Ah, like, you do. I do. You, you know, you like t- the Kryptonite song. Like you still call me Superman or whatever, you know that one? No. Oh, you do. You're being old. No. You're being old and obtuse. Step away from that ledge, my friend. I I, I like being old and obtuse. It's it's what I'm best right. at. I know. Gosh, it's the worst. Oh, a little demo discs though. Uh,
1: are you too old for those? Uh no, not necessarily, but um the uh what do you call it? PlayStation magazine, that's going to be beyond my time uh because I kind of noped out of consoles uh i stuck with i stubbornly stuck with my super nintendo at the time but i will say we did get a batch of demos when we first got or we my dad first got uh our first computer compact bersario 486 (laughs) it was uh it came with a blake stone demo it came with a nigel mansell racing game demo a few other things but blake stone is what really I, I spent so many hours playing that first mission. I have it freaking memorized. I love Blake Stone. It's for those that don't know, it's like just a first person shooter, like a tier below Wolfenstein, a tier below doom, but there's lots of like secret areas and stuff like that. I had a blast playing that game. Um, I loved being able to get the full version on steam. Not too long ago, Spent a ton of time into the diving into that. That was good times. Uh, so yeah that was really uh, my I mean just uh, PC game demos. I know you have a lot of experience though with uh, you've talked about it before I think if
0: you have you not <laughs> Have you talked about this before? Uh, yeah I quite like the demo discs. In fact, I kind of actively collect them now if I come across them because they're... They used to come from Pizza Hut, didn't they? Yeah, I got a few Pizza Hut ones and a few holiday ones and a few, you know, especially for the PS1. I also have a few for like the 3DO and the Dreamcast and they're nice little time capsules. There's always... 3DO? Yeah, the 3DO what? has a sampler set. Yeah, there's got
1: to You got to go into a little more detail there. What's on that? Do you know?
0: Uh, not a lot of good stuff, man. It's, it's kind of garbage. <laughs> a lot of it is just sort of like not even game demos, just like dim- graphic demos of like just uh, Shapes. Oh God, that's pathetic. Yeah, okay. or like Never screensavers. Mind. Yeah, it's but it, that's that's the fun thing <laughs> about those demo discs savers. because they are kind of like uh, they're time capsules. That's so sad. And a lot of the oh, PlayStation man. ones have will have some like anti-smoking video you can watch on there or something like keeping the kids straight video. I love them, man. They're they're awesome. Yeah, there's sounds super cool. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of them repeat the same games. Like I think half the discs that I have have Jet Moto on it. Like I've played enough demos of that. I could probably stand to play something else. But but a lot of times they're they're still pretty fun. But I did want to make the joke, you're using a four eighty six, don't make me laugh. Your Windows boots up and what, a day and a half? You know, a little weird owl there about your compact presario. So hopefully you're not too old for a weird owl. Come on. That might be after that what, oh, what uh that was on uh what was uh That was on Running with Scissors, that's all about the Pantheon.
1: Oh, okay. See, I'm more familiar with uh Alpalooza or whatever it was called, the Jurassic Park mm. one. Oh wow and You're the and the one 92. and the one before that,
0: the uh smells like Nirvana. You didn't even get into Bad Hair Day there in the mid nineties. No with, with Ga- not really with, uh, uh Gangster's Paradise, no? Gangster's
1: Paradise I was I was way into. Okay. That was but I was kind of yeah, I don't know that that was kind of a childhood thing for me. I didn't really I, I I appreciated what he did. I'm a big Weird Al fan. He's a massive influence, like on my sense of humor in general. But yeah, I just mm-hmm. he just kind of fell off for me and others people took his place sorry weird al <laughs> sorry weird al <laughs> i just love i i can't get over the fact that 3do has a demo disc and they don't bother to put games on it they're just like here's what you could be playing it's like what the fuck is that <laughs> like, yeah it's not your great. system costs seven hundred dollars and your games suck, and you don't even let people play them, like, not even as a demo. You, you, Your idea of a demo, like, fucking Trip Hawkins, your idea of a demo is to, like, send out a video, basically. Yeah. It's just well, I mean, like, here's what you could be doing.
0: There's some games on there, but I wouldn't say they would have sold anyone on a 3DO. Let's put it that way. Okay. They're not... <laughs> it's uh but there's there's a handful of them uh they're called 3do samplers oh uh, maybe... trip
1: hawkins needs to be on this podcast i need to just make fun of that guy because yeah. he's so far up in his own ass i'm sure he'd really love that too
0: well we gotta get but... we gotta get him and uh and weird al now because i think you're gonna weird
1: have... al and gary kitchen you have to go on your gary
0: kitchens <laughs> you have to go on your apology tour now from making fun of all these <laughs> poor guys <laughs> All right, so our next email here uh, is titled "Random Person Emails Random Podcast Randomly." Oh my gosh! And it's a goddamn novel. Yeah, well, let me tell you, the random doesn't stop in the title. He says, "Hey there, drunk friends, a longtime listener to the SNES Man on YouTube and the podcast since day one, raising some Canadian microbrews to you up here in the fabled Canada's. Keep up the drunk work. I like him so far." Alex, it's been three years since you mentioned a link to the past randomizer on SNES Drunk. So much has happened since then. And Trav, I don't think I've seen a single randomizer mentioned anywhere on your channel. It's time to change this. Well, little, little no, what the seat. hell, Trav? You know, my entire channel is driven by a randomizer. I'll have you fucking know. We're fine. Okay, he goes on to say Sorry, I didn't mean to get mad at you. Emailer. her. Uh, he, he goes on to say, uh, I would like to cordially invite the two of you to cover the wide and wonderful world of randomizers. There are a ton of amazing randomizers out there for both the NES and and the snes now and i think it would make for some awesome content for both your channels just look at how many bloody randomizers there are now chrono trigger ducktail soul blazer excite bike the list goes on and on and on and he, he leaves us a link to prove it if we were to dare click on it. And then he says of particular interest are the tracker apps that these folks are using to broadcast their progress on Twitch. I've been obsessed with Final Fantasy 6 Worlds Collide in particular. It transforms a 40 plus hour linear story into an open world two hour competitive speed run. Crazy. Even if you don't want to play this Final Fantasy 6 Worlds collide competitively, it's incredibly fun to turn the game into a gigantic collectathon where you run around hunting for espers and dragons and characters and items. If you enjoy hanging out in the world, this ROM hack is utterly glorious. I would love you guys to do a series with each other on each other's channels on randomizers. They breathe so much new life into these games, it's unreal. I've been watching hours of Final Fantasy VI randomizer tournaments and ladders and wanted to hear your perspectives on these magical ROM hacks from heaven. Keep up the great work, and thanks for the podcast. I appreciate having a bit of, well, actually, in my earbuds as I go for walks. Thanks for all the entertainment, Chris. P.S., if you ever want to talk about Koai games or Club Penguin, I'm your man. And actually, Chris, since no one else on Earth wants to talk about Koai games, we will put you on the contact list.
1: Jesus. Koai games <laughs> are just so brutal. Like, the user interface on most of those games is just bad. By the way, the link he has here I have bookmarked and but I, I'll admit I have not checked it in a oh. really long time since the last time I uh, probably uh, messed around with uh, randomizers for a video and holy crap there is way more stuff here oh than wow yeah I, the last time I checked um, there's even uh, Final Fantasy Advance stuff like for the Advance uh, uh, games uh, releases. There's fi- there's all there's a lot more Fire Emblem. There's a lot more games in general. It's crazy. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> Joe and Mac. There's a Joe and Mac randomizer. Really? This guy wasn't kidding. So there you go. Yeah. No. There's there's a lot of stuff here. It's it's super cool. I I know like everybody loves like the Metroid randomizers, but uh and the Zelda randomizers. I don't think a game can possibly lend itself more. I, I should say, I, a game isn't capable of lending itself better to a randomizer like Z- Link to the Past. Like, it's perfect. Like, you just put all the items in all different places. Like, it just works. Like, it's really fun. I remember playing a uh, Link to the Past randomizer and getting, like, the cape <laughs> as my first item. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I can be invisible, but I don't have any freaking magic. And then I got uh I can't remember. I got one of like the the earthquake pendant or something like that after that. <laughs> it it really is a roll of the dice where it's like you have no idea what you're going to get and it's I really enjoy that about those but um yeah, it's that's super cool. My so what was the question? He asked something about Well,
0: well I think in general just like have you seen this shit and then gave us the link and then was like, "Hey, maybe yeah. you guys should, you know, get together and do something on randomizers which um, That'd be fun. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, for sure. I, I think what's interesting about randomizers is I, I feel like I wouldn't touch a randomizer until I'm already like pretty bored of of a game in particular. There you go. That's a great point. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know that I'm there yet for a lot of games, especially the ones listed there, other than maybe like Original Legend of Zelda or one of the Metroids or whatever. Yeah. But I still haven't beaten the second quest of the Original Legend of Zelda, which is essentially a randomized randomizer like, yeah that's essentially what it would do but uh no i like the idea of them because i think especially for those older games it certainly just it creates a brand new game <laughs> it's pretty incredible
1: yeah i the the crazy uh open world competitive speed run for final fantasy 6 really sounds fun there's there's a lot of possibility there that can be explored which i is really exciting yeah. I really like that. My favorite one that I played recently, and by recently I mean within the last like two years, was <laughs> the uh, combination of Link to the Past and Super Metroid, where you flip between the two games. Whoa. Uh, yeah. It's super fun to watch. Uh it's it's really confusing to play because you you get metroid items in link to the past but you get link to the past items in metroid so you bounce back and forth between the two games like through portals you know kind of like mm. how you bounce between the dark world and the light world and in, in link to the past it's really it's amazingly clever uh it's one of the most ingenious uh, rom hack type things that have been made in the past several years It's really complicated and you can get screwed real quick, but yeah. This next email is titled, did we get a switch? Who's we? You got a mouse in your pocket? (laughs) I was listening to the podcast recently. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did I hear Alex played Octopath Traveler? Did you finally break down and get a switch or are you waiting for the switch OLED to come out? Which by the way, does meet one of your criteria with a bigger screen. What is your excuse now? Yeah, Alex. <laughs> what's your excuse? Come on, let's hear it. <laughs> My excuse is the freaking same. It's always been I, I'm not able to dedicate that much time to it for <laughs> such a freaking cost. You know, money sink. Like if I'm gonna buy something for that much money, I I need to dedicate a lot of time to it, and I just don't have that. But anyway, he says. Uh, keep up the good work next time travel make you
0: the center of an email so you don't feel left out good job guys terrence thanks terrence thanks well for, thanks terrence. for yelling at alex what what's your, i mean yeah. you, your excuse is that you just you're just not interested
1: i'm going to get one eventually i i can't resist those mario games on there for very much longer and metroid dread looks freaking awesome uh it looks so much fun so it's it's uh i think this holiday season may uh
0: prove to be fruitful Okay. For uh, my switch uh, stuff, I guess. And see, when you get a switch, then you and Terrence will have a switch, and then he can say, "We got a switch." Oh, there we go. So okay. there go. There, there's, there's the we. <laughs> all right, there we but you go. have to have one first. So go get one yeah. so that it can be all inclusive, and we can all have switches. But yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks, uh, Terrence, for uh, not ignoring me completely in the email. I'll, I'll be on standby <laughs> for the next one. Hopefully, I am the center of it. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm not an upgrade. I want to ask you this before we, before we move on here. I'm not much of an upgrader for my, for my hardware. Like I bought a switch and I'm okay with this switch until they stop making switch games. I'm probably never going to get a fancy switch. It doesn't really matter what they do with it. I just, I got my one switch. I'm good. I don't need to spend more money on switch. I got switch. Do you update, do you upgrade your stuff? Well, I mean, it doesn't seem like you, it
1: doesn't seem, no, it doesn't seem like you need to. It, it seems pretty non-essential. Yeah. At
0: least. On a surface level. Well, a lot of people, like, they got to get, like, their Xbox One, and then the Xbox One X comes out, and then the S comes out, and then, you know, they always have to keep the iterations going, but if it still plays the games that are are being sold, I'm just going to keep what I got. I don't need the...
1: Well, you know, there's a name for those people. Idiots that's that strong words that's a strong word <laughs> i'm just <laughs> i'm kidding oh. it's just uh
0: i i i just wanted the comedic presence of there you go well it shocked me thing. and i'm sure a lot of people are upset with you but you're not i will say you're not <laughs> idiots you just you're you're you have very specific needs no, that you're i don't not have idiots. it's just like i'm why? trying to cultivate an audience you're yelling at them but we we you're fine if you upgrade <laughs> it's just um alex and i don't okay we're old school
1: Come on. People that are listening to this podcast understand, right? You
0: guys are cool, right? You guys get it. You idiots are cool, aren't you? are you, you all? You idiots are cool, <laughs> yeah. Spending your money on things you like, you idiots. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, speaking of not idiots, Dave of Zygor Gaming, he's our guest today. He knows a lot about Japanese RPGs. He knows a lot about the stories in Final Fantasy. Well, I bet you don't. But Dave does, which is why you should check out his channel. And you're certainly going to enjoy this interview, especially the 18 and a half minutes where other people talk about Minnesota except me. Did you know that during her various tomb raids, Laura Croft often
1: contracts the services of a perverted Sherpa named Greg? Did you know that Gordon Freeman actually does talk? And once you hear his voice, you'll realize why the Half-Life game developers refuse to write any lines for him. Video games aren't always great at telling compelling stories. That's where the podcast Tales of the Lesser Medium comes in. Each season, me and my co-host Travis, we drive you through gaming's most absurd narratives, picking up every rejected character and hitting every plot hole along the way. Search Tales of the Lesser Medium on your podcast app of choice and get ready to laugh at your favorite video games with me, Travis, Greg the Pervert, Annoying Gordon Freeman, Barry, the Resident Evil Gun Dumper, and so many more wacky characters. Tales of the Lesser Medium.
0: All right, Dave, thanks for joining us here on the Drunk Friend Podcast. It's so nice to have you. How are you doing?
2: Doing great, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Love both your channels. Thanks for
0: the podcast. Hey, no problem. And you don't, you don't get extra points for, for being nice to us while you're a guest. But uh, <laughs> what's the, the the channel name? Where does it come from? And I'm not even confident I'm saying it right. Zygor? Zygor? Yeah, that's
2: right, Zygor. Uh, it's hard to explain. I think it started as my name of my character in World of Warcraft, but, uh, you know, I just stuck as kind of like a fantasy oriented name. I've used it in several like online games and just, you know, assumed it as my online persona and for my channel. So it's hard to explain. It doesn't come from any
1: particular like game or story that I know of, but there it is. You've been around on YouTube since freaking 2006. which is uh, slightly insane. Um, And you have videos that go back that long, 15 years. So how did you view YouTube back then uh, versus now? And what what would you say are like the biggest changes you've had to deal with? Oh, yeah, man. Great question. Yeah, I have
2: been doing it a long time. Um, Back then, almost everything seemed very oriented into like a let's play experience as far as Gaming content went. So, you know, you'd hook up a capture card and just start playing and there wouldn't be much narration usually. Some people kind of did that a little bit later, but I just wanted to show cool things about games I liked and really playthroughs. So back then I did like the Chrono Trigger playthroughs and Final Fantasy VI stuff like that games I loved. Um, but now the way that, you know, most people make money on YouTube produce content, especially in the retro gaming arena is you know, covering things in a review perspective, you know, showing different angles, you know, putting different pictures and videos in there, definite narration content like you guys do. So um it's a lot different of an experience now. And I never looked at this back then as something that could ever make money. I you know, it's so entrenched in ads now for generating revenue, but it wasn't like that back then. Back then it was just kind of like a a chronicling your gaming experience. So
1: <laughs> It was a lot more community-oriented back then, too. There used to be, like, response videos that people could post um, and stuff like that. And uh, what, what about behind the scenes? Like, you, you talked a little bit about the... You mentioned the money aspect of it. But what about, like... Has anything else changed for you? Like... The, all the checks that they have to do now when when you upload something it's like i don't even know what this thing is doing now when it's when it's making all these checks but it seems like it's way it, it was a bit like the wild west back in the early two or in the late 2000s and <clears> that you know and like you said it was like world of long plays was doing stuff guys like hc bailey were doing like walkthroughs for for games and stuff like that but what, what did you go through f- from behind the scenes that, like, did you ever... Kid- I mean, it looks like you did quit at one point.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I essentially quit, but I didn't even look at it like that. I didn't look at it as something that I would have to, you know, routinely do, or I wanted to routinely do like I do now, right? Um, now I produce weekly content, but back then it was more for, like, my own personal documentation and, hey, maybe some people that have played these games would jump in and comment, But you're absolutely right, man. Like, there's so many things about the system now that are more regimented, um, way more features. Back then, um, there wasn't all these, you know, checks and, um, you know, just the end frames where you can link to other videos and keywords and all that stuff just came gradually. So I didn't really worry about any of that. Um, I did take a break for a while, but I never thought I would ever produce like review type content until like the last few years. And, you know, the game storyline explanations that are probably my most popular videos, um, until more recently. So, um, yeah, it was really a lot
1: different back then. It sounds like you went to, uh, a, a tr- took a trip to Japan, came off the grid, go off the grid a bit, and then you came back. What made you want to do the, the more story explanation stuff and, uh the the kind of videos that you do now oh
2: yeah absolutely so i did capture both trips to japan and china on the channel yeah i actually forgot i did that until you just mentioned it but <laughs> um <laughs> that was just kind of a fun experience to show you know my experiences with the culture over there i'm a big fan of asian culture modern asian history etc but um what got me to kind of change that was really when i looked at it i i always wanted a video that concisely Explain various RPG storylines that I really liked, and there actually just wasn't that much out there for that. There are people, there are a few people that do that now, but back then it just was kind of lackluster in that area. And I just wanted to be have something that I was totally proud of showing people um, of, you know, an example of that. And I started with Final Fantasy VII, but as you guys probably have saw, um, I have expanded since then. But um, I just wanted there to be a video for that available to people that wanted, and I poured you know countless hours into it. But it was something that I was proud of, regardless of ever thinking that it would get monetized, right? So right. that's really kind of what started the transition.
1: Let's get into that a bit then, because is there a story in an RPG? We'll go both directions. Is there one that you were hoping to like that you might have been kind of a letdown? And was there one that kind of took you by surprise and that you really ended up liking way more than you initially thought? Oh, yeah.
2: I have great examples for both, actually. So, like you, I think you've mentioned it's maybe your favorite game or among them is Chrono Trigger. I was so psyched for Chrono Cross when it came out. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just spent like hours researching it, looking at different things that Square had released before it came out. And then when I finally got it, I just, I completely had the wrong expectations for this game. I really overrated it. And I know some fans of yours that are listening to this will probably curse me out right now. But I just, I didn't get out of it what I expected. And maybe it was unrealistic to think I ever could, because that game is commonly cited as. One of the best ever. So that's the example I'd cite first. The one as far as that I got, and it just blew me away, um, and I didn't expect it to, was Xenogears. And Xenogears is one of my favorite games ever mm. now. I probably put it in my top five, but the story, though hard to follow at the time, because I was still in high school. But it, it just blew me away, and it was so more in depth than any other RPG experience that I ever had in that way. And every a lot of other great things are there too, like the music and the characters and the mech, you know, fighting system. So yeah. those are the
1: two examples for me. What about you? For me, <laughs> uh, <laughs> why don't you go? For, uh, that's a tough question. What do you think, Trav? Uh, what, what a game that uh, you were excited to get into, and then it was a wet fart.
0: In terms of narrative, uh, I don't know. It doesn't I
1: didn't necessarily have to be that. It
0: could oh, be anything. Okay,
1: because um, I know you're not like a huge RPG guy.
0: I'm not a huge RPG guy, but. I I do find that I don't really pay it, I, to speak specifically to narrative. I don't really pay attention to a lot of the story, at least not as in depth as I should. <laughs> I usually regret that toward the end. But well,
1: you're off in NES land where you've got games like Power Blade, where it's like,
0: yeah, <laughs> who needs story? Who bad need dudes blades? kidnapped the president. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> are you are you ninja enough to get these bad dudes or whatever? I I don't know. Hogan's Alley
2: storyline. Yeah, yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> That's what you need. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, a game series that when you kind of tie it all together, at least the first few, I really like the Resident Evil through line for like the first like three games uh, where it takes place just in Raccoon City, like kind of before it blows up. I mean, Resident Evil 4 is, is a fine game, but uh, just where it's isolated in Raccoon City, when I went back and studied over that story a little bit for another podcast that I do, Tales of the Lesser Medium, uh, a lot of those details about like the the mansion and and locking is... Uh, his architect, like in the walls and stuff, and uh I don't know. I thought that was that was really neat and interesting, and and that's one of those things that you get drip fed through, like finding, you know, notes and stuff, and and other little elements that maybe in the moment you don't really care about because you're trying not to be killed by zombies. But when you go back and kind of look at it, you're like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I, I bet there's a lot of games like that where I just you know the little drip drip fed. Uh, like the audio tapes that you find and all that stuff, where it's like, ah, I don't really care about that right now. I'm trying to do something else. Uh, if yeah. you put it all together, it, it, it could be enthralling. I just sometimes don't have the patience to dig in.
1: Yeah, it's easy to shove that stuff aside because you're you're busy killing zombies, like you said. It, so that's exactly, a, that's a, that's yeah. Good example, yeah. <laughs> what about something that, that uh, well, I guess now it's my turn. Yeah, what, it's your what, turn, what's, buddy. What's, Come on, what's get what's in my, there. Yeah, <laughs> what's put you on the spot. Table? I was really, I remember uh, getting into ActRaiser and thinking like, okay, what is this? Like, this is going to be, I I didn't play ActRaiser until probably the mid 2000s or so. I didn't like really get into it. I just kind of had an idea for what it was. And I ended up liking that game way more. Like, it's not just the, the novelty of having the two different game modes, but the fact that like, you have these like little mini stories like in each town i thought was a really cool touch and something i was not expecting at all so uh like the guy invents music to to cheer people up basically because their lives all suck or something like that but uh that stuff like that i as far as uh narrative like overall i'm i'm not even sure probably something like breath of fire 3 um that game ended up being way better than I initially thought and I had high expectations going into that one because I love Breath of Fire 2 I even have a soft spot for the original Breath of Fire despite the garbled mess that is the menu in that game (laughs) where where you've got like sea stone as your like what the hell is that Oh, it's an ice spell. Like, okay. <laughs> or what? What is the thing that avoids enemies? It's called like Marble Three or something like that. Like, yeah. All right. Good. Good call. Marble Three.
2: Yeah. Item names are are crazy garbled. Like, yeah. I pointed that out in my my video as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's awful. But um, <laughs> yeah. It, the Breath of Fire Three. I I still need to give Breath of Fire Four a chance. I really haven't played that one. Uh, I've heard that one is kind of can be kind of polarizing uh some people don't like it so much but that leads me to the next question is there anything you're playing is there anything out there that you have not played any retro stuff that you have not played that you really need to sink some time into
2: yeah good question man and you pretty much played it all it seems but for me um i have played a lot of the japan only rpgs and such that some of which have you know a little bit translated some are 100% translated but yeah. one that i still need to play
1: is uh, emerald dragon and also god oh. those two oh RPGs. yeah god is something i have not played yet yeah that looks really cool but emerald dragon is is it's not great but it's it, it gets the jo- i really like the character portraits in that game if i'm thinking of the right game where it's got these huge colorful portraits uh and the the dialogue actually has personality. It's not like rote, like thing A, thing B. It's like the translation is is excellent. So yeah, you're, I think you're going to like that one. The battles, if I remember correctly, are a little different where it's like a top-down kind of a thing. Yeah, and, they're like uh, grid, kind of grid. Grid style, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it, I had fun with that one. It's also an easy game to finish. It's It's not that long. But yeah, I think you'll like that one. But yeah, G.O.D. is... <laughs> Uh, that That's one of those, like, 40-hour ones, if I remember correctly, <laughs> and I'm, I'm a little burnt out on that stuff.
2: There's so little coverage for those two games, actually, online, too, so yeah. it seems like an area where, you know, it would be useful to document. So.
1: Yeah, I was happy to see that you did uh, Treasure of Rudras on your or rujo no Hio, i guess it's called in the original pronunciation that's a game that was super ambitious for the time that should have been localized i i understand why it wasn't it would have been really complicated to do that uh translation in timely fashion because for the listeners out there you in that game you're able to uh the way you learn magic spells is through keywords kind of like in shadow run where like if you like you go you go someplace you open up a keyword, but in this in in Rudo Rudo no Ohio it's it's with uh, it opens up spells so if you've played the game before if you finished it you can start the game and enter in these these like massive <laughs> you know 999 max damage spells like to start the game like there's nothing to prevent you from doing that but so it's a little broken in that sense but yeah like you said there there needs to be more coverage on that stuff that's kind of one of the reasons I I started doing my thing however long ago, so
2: kudos. Yeah, yeah, you have some of the most coverage on those Japan-only RPGs, which is awesome. The Rudra video, man, for people that are listening to this and haven't played that, that is like the retro RPG you're missing from that era if you didn't get to play it back then. And the yeah. translation's pretty darn good. Epic story, great characters, interesting magic system, good battle animations. I think almost everyone would like that one.
1: So let me ask you this then. Is there a so so those those rpgs that have not that didn't get localized they only have fan translations some of those are starting to get a little bit more hype like games like live alive i think i'm saying that right but (laughs) that game has really gotten uh, a lot of steam to the point where i think it actually got trademarked in australia or something like that which led to rumors of a a re-release like secret Mm. of mana style re-release or something but um which i'm really hoping for but are there any are there any games from then that you aren't that thrilled with like maybe you were excited Mm. for it first but eh, you might want to pass because just the reason i ask is because there's so many and those games are so long it's like you don't want to have to go into something and find out like 20 hours later like oh this isn't really all that interesting
2: Oh man, yeah, another great question. So I love most of those games and just think it's a crime that most of them didn't come out here, even though I understand why. Like, I was part of a niche audience that just loved these kind of games, but mm. I would say, man, I, maybe the first dual orb. Have you ever played that one?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's as standard and as basic and regular as it gets.
2: Yeah, but two, I thought, like, from what I played is really good, so. I think two is quite a bit better, but I think I'd answer dual orb. There's a few more that are probably not coming to mind right now. Mystic arc, that one isn't really my thing.
1: Yeah, Some Mystic Some people Ar- I know would like it, but Mystic arc is the sequel to uh, Seventh Saga. Right, and that game is. I. I, I... What are your thoughts on? Se- Sorry, Trav. <laughs> We're getting deep into like Japanese RPGs. What are your thoughts on se- <laughs> Seventh Saga? Um, interesting for the
2: time, but to me, and this might, again, draw the curses of some of your audience, it, to me, it, it reminded me a bit about, of Draken, where there's some interesting oh. ideas in it. Geroad. <laughs> the there's some interesting ideas in it, and it it really tried to do something innovative for the time, but it just wasn't really my forte. Now, I do think Seventh Saga is a little bit better than Draken, but to me, those two are kind of in the same category.
1: Ugh, that's, that's brutal uh draken the super nintendo port of draken is is garbage it's a dumpster (laughs) fire it's really bad um i like what like you said i like what it tries to do but it's it's pretty crappy i love seventh saga i i kind of hated it at first but i love the idea behind having six other uh folks just wandering around the map in real time with you Mm. and if you run into one of them they absolutely (laughs) annihilate depending on which character you picked and at what time i think it's a really good idea and i think it could probably get a revival where you could play as uh you know just keep it simple with just like seven make it like an mmorpg but make it just like seven characters instead of like a gazillion or limitless or however many i i I should give
2: it another chance maybe uh Maybe I just haven't given it a good enough shot.
1: It's really hard, and it doesn't have that uh, square, you know that that kind of polish that you'd mm. expect from games like the higher end games. It's pretty rough mm. around the edges, but yeah. Anyway, going back to Mystic Arc, that's the sequel, and it like lost everything from that uh, seventh saga had going for it, and it's just another game which was kind of <laughs> disappointing. So yeah, I, I hear you on that. My pick for a game that I don't think is all that great is Bahamut Lagoon. Mm. I just don't think it's that. I, I think the story is kind of weird. They, they go into some weird directions. Um, I think when it comes to strategy, grid-based strategy, it's, I think you can do a lot better. Even even something like Treasure Hunter G. Boy, you know, I'm just going to say it's cool to talk to somebody that actually knows these games. <laughs> know, there's so few, right? Would you guys like start nobody. a
0: podcast together then?
1: <laughs> All right, Trav. Hey, Trav, you actually just covered a Japanese-only game, it's the cutes the cutesy. Uh, what do you call it? Splatterhouse.
0: Yeah, talk about that a bit. Like, what what were your thoughts on that? <laughs> we, I, we're trying to rope you in here. No, it's all good. Well, you know, of course we talk about that in the intro, but it is a, it is a very good uh, splattery house. Ga- in fact, it might be my favorite Splatterhouse title, which is bizarre. really yeah. Why not? It's the other ones are are kind of slow. I mean, they're good, but this one's it's like playing as Chucky. It's it's great. <laughs> But I I wanted to circle back to some things you guys talked about like a half an hour ago before someone brought up (laughs) RPGs. (laughs) And hopefully, you guys were done because I was about to fall asleep. But, Dave, you. (laughs) you, uh, I think it's interesting that, you know, the early YouTube days, you're uploading. Uh, just videos of your trips, and then and then long plays, and then videos of trips and long plays, and, th- and then you go away from YouTube for a bit. Who knows what you're doing? Probably playing a bunch of Japanese-only RPGs, and then <laughs> you come back and and you're you're very focused and it's very branded. And I think that's interesting because I think a lot of people now would would never mix their branding content like the gaming content and their personal uploads now like everyone did it then because you had one youtube channel and i think that's all you thought you could get but but now you have Zygor gaming you're probably not going to go on a trip and and upload uh the your your memories to that channel right
2: yeah you're right most channels don't seem oriented toward that and i know a lot of people have you know a let's play channel and then a more edited content channel right right? i decided not to do that but indeed i probably wouldn't put trips up in the same form if i did that again which i'd love to i'd probably either make them private or do another channel like you said it wouldn't be what my audience now expects and my channel's grown a lot since then and i know kind of the, the view what the viewers want would not be like random Dave Gibroni trip in China. So,
0: <laughs> but I, I watched a few of those and I thought they were great. I, honestly, even though they're fifteen years old, it did it. A part of me was nostalgic for just that resolution, and uh, <laughs> also just when people used to do stuff like that. Or I'm sure people still do, but it's just not the the YouTube sphere that I'm in. So it was it was cool to see a lot of that stuff and. I just I want to say too, like I I watch a, a I watch a lot of your videos, especially recently because you're coming on, and I my first thought was like, wow, this guy's pretty good at scripting, because you know everything is is very precise and and it's very clear, and then listening to you on those videos too, I'm like, wait, he didn't script this, he's just talking. So I, I just want to comment that you're you're a very good and fluent speaker, even on this podcast. I think that that shows too. So I, I kind of want to tie that in with a question like, what's your background? What do you do? Oh.
2: Yeah, man. Actually, uh, well, thank you, first of all. I appreciate you taking note of that. I think that I sound too kind of computerized and robotic when I listen back, so it's helpful to hear that. But um, I'm a business analyst. I have a, a degree in teaching, actually, that I never really pursued. So, um, But I am interested in public speaking. Um, I'm also an amateur historian. I've written two books, And I have a forthcoming biography on Thomas Paine I'm working on, actually. (laughs) So that's what I like to do as my other hobby. I have way too many hobbies, right? But, um, you know, I've done public speaking on many subjects related to both history and other topics just in my my own company and my own industry.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I noticed, like, even in those videos, you... You hit the 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 history part hard for a lot of the, the cities you were visiting and that kind of thing. And I thought you were just a nerd. So now it's good to know that you actually uh, have a passion for history. So that's good.
2: That confirmed it.
0: Yeah, it absolutely did. Uh, but also <laughs> another thing that confirms it are these uh, complete um, uh, story explanations. I think that that also tickles a little bit of your history side too because you're telling – sort of a story i mean it's not a it's not a real story but it's 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 still telling history in a way and i really like the way that those are composed together too i just made it through the the ogre battle uh which is more of an overview and not necessarily a story explanation but i think that that's really neat because i do a little bit of that too for uh again i plugged it earlier but the 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 tales of the lesser medium podcast that's such an undertaking to tie all these narrative elements together and try to tell it as a story because in some games there can be forks in the path and there's certain parts of the games that are maybe feed into the story but are less interesting and maybe you you gloss over those and that kind of thing so I'm curious what your process is and how are those received do you get a lot of people that give you a lot of the Alex well Actuallys when it comes to that kind of thing or, or how does it go for you <laughs> Yeah, in the same voice that Alex uses to yeah. To I mean, well,
2: actually, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, man. Like your video could be just pristine and perfect with one like pop at one point in the video, and people would point it out. Don't worry, it's YouTube. But yeah, as far as <laughs> as far as the process that goes into it, the the one thing I've disagreed with you guys in talking about before is that you guys say that writing the script. Is the hardest thing for you guys to do as far as producing content. For me, that is absolutely the easiest thing for me to do. Mm. For me, I struggle much more and take more time with recording because um, I'm a f- perfectionist and the inflection in my voice sometimes isn't right or it picks up, you know, random pops here and there that I spend, you know, a lot of time on. But yeah, people definitely um, point out any m- perceived mispronunciations they would, they would see in the videos, which I'm sure you guys would too, but I actually like it when people do that because they don't realize they're actually kind of boosting the algorithm that supports disseminating your content to more people. So I actually like it, and it's kind of funny because sometimes people are wrong. Like They'll say that... You know the main character in Final Fantasy X is Titus, but there's you know multiple corroborating sources that demonstrate it is actually Titus, so it's kind of funny how people leap at that stuff, but I'd never let it get to me. I actually think it's just funny at this point
0: <laughs> that's that's good that's good. I can't imagine what how like looking through those uh the Final Fantasy complete story catalog that you have and just how much time that that took even if you like scripting and you're good at it, just putting all that together, assembling that narrative. Uh, it, it stresses – I'm sweating thinking about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it. It takes a long time, man. I'll tell you, the, the video I spent the longest on was the Chrono Trigger one, and I think I probably poured in at least 100 hours making that video. Jeez. Um, the, the other storylines can take, you know, you know, several dozen hours as well, but – those are the longest uh, ones as far as time dedication goes, but they are my most popular videos too. Um, so, you know, I take that to heart. I try to make a mixture of content. I like to produce that content and review content. So um, I really want a balance in my channel, even though my fans seem to prefer more of the storylines, but I would get burnt out if I only did that. So
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And I do think that that is one thing that sets your channel apart from others, are those you know story explanation videos because you don't see that everywhere i mean we we did talk to king k uh, a few episodes back and he does a slight version of that and uh, yeah, he's just, great it, but it's just it's not common and i think it's something that that is very useful and very needed so I, you do a great job at that um and then also too i mean uh you know you're you're cut from the same cloth alex and i uh are in terms of reviews where we keep them you know short and simple and and to the point and uh um, I think those are great as well. So, yeah, you have a lot Can of... Can I say something about that? Sure, yeah. Yeah, the concise kind of
2: bite-sized content. I actually drew influence from SNES Drunk on that, actually. So, props to you, Alex. I, I love how you cover a game at a high level. Um, you don't feel the need to give everything away about it, but you give away things that you experienced when you played it, and you're very kind of user experience oriented so i can't tell you like how many times i heard you say and the jump buttons on the b button you know (laughs) like complaining about it but i like that form of content i focus a little bit more on the history but i like bite-sized content like both you guys do so thanks
1: yeah it's i have always tried to approach it as if there's like just one person sitting next to me and i'm just explaining what this game is um and I got that idea just because I loved the old uh Siskel and Ebert show uh that was on in the 80s and 90s because they would just go over the movie that they're talking about show clips tell the people what it's about and then give their opinions all in less than like six minutes and then they move on to the next movie and it's like that's all I want. I just want to know like what is this movie? What's it look like? Who's in it? What what's it, you know, is it good? What what would you compare it to? Why aren't there shows like that anymore? Why aren't why aren't there like shows on TV about video games that that do that anymore? It it drives me insane. It seems like it's 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 like a no-brainer, but uh I guess not. But that's thanks for saying that though because that's really what I'm going for is just uh Hey, here's what this game is. I just finished writing about uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Mystic Defender for Sega Genesis, and um, mm. again, you, th- there's no reason to like spend 20 minutes about a run and gun made in 1989. It's just here. Here's the controls. Here's what it feels like. Here's what it compares to. Here's a different magic you get. Uh, the music is awesome. This is way better than the lower tier of Super Nintendo run-and-gun games. If you want run-and-gun stuff, you got to go to Sega Genesis. That's it.
2: That's all you need. Yeah, run-and-gun games, shooter games, it's harder to, you know, draw more of the history behind it and story stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, especially that bodes well for run-and-gun games, that style.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Alex, you have like a, a coaching tree for, for bite sized review content. Tree. Yeah, you're like the you're like well, I the hope it's not as something.
1: bad as Belichick's. No, Belichick's <laughs> is like Charlie Weiss and <laughs> Romeo Cronell. Josh like,
2: McDaniel. Yeah,
1: McDaniels who got fired
0: after like eighteen games or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're spearheading some type of bite sized organization. Oh no. For some reason this reminds me that you you two uh both somewhat have a Venn diagram on your old stomping grounds there in the Twin Cities. So it, it seems like maybe you you ventured to a lot of the same areas and and stuff back in the day. Uh, what what were what was that place called? You guys uh, were talking about oh, Shinders. Shinders. I didn't want to say what I thought you said earlier. Um, so Shinders. That's good. So what goes on at Shinders? Shinders is awesome,
1: man. I re, it's. I if I remember correctly, it went out of business. Because uh, the uh, people that ran the place were just like loaded with meth, like twenty four seven, and they were, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, the Shinders was the kind of place. It was. It started out as like a magazine store. I remember downtown St. Paul had a corner Shinders that had, um, you know, it was, it was just uh, magazines and comic books is basically what they had, and then they started kind of ex- expanding out into the suburbs. With baseball cards And uh, Magic the Gathering Eventually Pokemon cards um, And all that good stuff But uh, I remember It's a classic place that has got the seedy porn section In the back of the store That's got like videotapes From like 1976 And you got, you got the guy back there With the trench coat And you're not totally sure If he's like wearing underneath anything underneath it And he's got this like awful
0: cough And you're trying to stay away <laughs> Is, is there a porn section in a in a store like that that's not seedy I mean this was like exceptionally seedy like
1: this was <laughs> this was like just gross like flat out gross <laughs> not only because of like the the stereotypical guy but because there would be like four of those dudes in there and this space was like the size of like a bathroom it was you know like like a six foot eight you know six by eight foot space and it's Jeez. got like the beads leading into it yeah it's tiny <laughs> and you got all these dudes crammed next to each other it's awful but at the same time my heart goes out to to shinders i i miss that place it was great it was uh, anybody from minnesota should remember places it's- like shinders Sh- mr movies video update uh all those all those great places
2: yeah, I was just going to say it's still there. It moved to a new location.
1: Oh, it is I still there. Away,
2: yeah, three years ago when I moved away, it was still there. So I'm assuming it is. It got a new location, a lot bigger, big game room in the back for Magic players and stuff. So oh, it's got it's it, doing the whole yeah.
1: D&D thing? Yeah, now. it is. Okay, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of places like that here, like the the gaming stuff, but there's not a, a magazine store like that here in Albuquerque, like a a real good comic store where I can go and sift through like five hundred issues of uh, uncanny X Men or something like that. I miss I miss Schinders. Those those were the days. Oh yeah.
0: There's a good plug for Shinders there. It sounds like it's still standing. <laughs> it sounds like they might have done away Avenue. with the porn closet though, which is uh I, Here's I went 20. to the one on near Robert Street in West
1: St. Paul because that's where I lived most of my most of my life. There it was, uh, and I was able to ride my bike out there, which was a freaking perilous ride, by the way, because people drive like lunatics out there. But um, yeah, good times. And there was like a Sam's Club next door. Uh, what else was out there? I forget. But uh, yeah, good times. Shinders. I haven't thought about Shinders in years. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, man.
2: Minnesota represent like I didn't I know that you had kind of seeded in references to various Minnesota based things like sports teams and stuff.
1: Mystery Science Theater. Like I'm a huge fan of that show because I I mean, it it started because my sister introduced it to me uh, when I was like 11 or 12. And uh, just the other day, I watched uh, the episode with uh, Hercules and the captive women, which is a uh, misleading title because there's only one captive woman. Uh, the other people that get captured are all dudes, ah. so I, don't, I, I can see they're going for a titillating title, but it didn't. Yeah, it's it's disingenuous. It's a great, it's a really funny movie, though. I mean, it's funny. A great for the- show. The Manos Hands of Fate episode is bomb. Oh, of course. Yeah, Torgo, <laughs> Torgo,
0: and <laughs> Torgo, and the haunting Torgo yeah. theme. Yeah. So maybe maybe I'm missing the obvious but what's the tie between uh the Twin Cities and Mr. Science?
1: Oh, Theater? I'm sorry. Uh Mr. Science Theater is based out of uh Eden oh. Prairie, Minnesota. Like they their offices and best I think it's called uh, Best Brains uh was their studio and they they did all the shooting and all that sort of stuff and all the riffing and all the oh, writing okay. in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Um I'm not sure if it's the reboot still is there. I think they might be in like, you know, Southern California at this point, but yeah, it's a it's a Minnesota show. Plus all the most of the writers, like I know Mary Jo Peel is from Circle Pines, which is like the most Minnesota town ever. <laughs> it's like it's like, you know, f- fifteen thousand people with, you know, a freaking Rainbow Foods and <laughs> all those yeah. old like I know Minnesota-
2: all the places you listed earlier. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Movies and everything.
1: Oh, I miss Mr. Movies. Mr. Movies had uh the Velcro Things on their uh, VHS covers where if something was out, it put like a frowny face saying "out" and on the bottom. And I was I thought that was so cool. I
0: wanted to steal those little things because <laughs> I, <laughs> I wanted to put them on my room door and stuff. So Dave, are you are you familiar with the Wells Fargo Bowling Alley? Um, so I don't. <laughs> man, is it the one next? In the Sunray,
1: uh, No, you're close, but, Alex um, know, yeah. no, no, he, this is a running gag, because, uh, th- most of my arcade experience has been from, uh, uh, Wells Fargo Bowling Alley, which is on Concord Street in South St. Paul, ah. which, is, which is where I grew up, and, gotcha. um, yeah, yeah this, th- that's where I first saw Mortal Kombat, <laughs> Uh, they had Cabal, they had Terminator 2 with the gun, they had a whole ton, they had Day 20 USA, ton of stuff, and Trav just can't believe that it's called Wells Fargo.
2: <laughs> For me, it you was know. Aladdin's Castle. Do you remember those arcades in the Yeah, Twins?
1: I th- there was one in, in Maplewood Mall, if I yes, remember correctly. Sir. That's right. I. But other than that, I, I, that's the only time I remember seeing one. I remember the Mall of America had a really nice... Uh, Arcade, but the 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 arcade to end all all arcades was the State Fair. Did you ever go to that one? No,
2: actually, I didn't even know
1: that. Oh, it was in the Penny Arcade building. Uh, they had the six player X Men. Uh, mm-hmm. They had they had everything. They had they <laughs> even had those like old timey 1950s like 1950s, probably more like 1850s. These like little peep show things that you put like a quarter in or i think it was actually like a nickel and then you see like women like showing off their ankles and stuff like that you know like (laughs) old-timey porn like it's the funniest thing ever like it's 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 women like slyly (laughs) lifting up their skirt to show off their calves and it's like oh that's racy it's a great super fun though it was your childhood in minnesota had some rather (laughs) spicy appeal to it my man (laughs) man it was great the state fair as a kid was really fun because my parents would just go to the beer garden and then uh they'd give me like you know five bucks i'd turn it into quarters and i just like wait in line to play x-men uh the ninja turtles arcade game was there i remember the the giant freaking eight car san francisco rush thing was there for a while that was really fun i played against uh, a bunch i forget what radio station it was but it was some radio dj Team, some morning show was was playing uh that game and i i was right next to like the host and i beat him by like two minutes and he's like what the fuck man <laughs> he was all like bad <laughs> it's, it's like dude like all right well i was yeah state fair I, I it's it's one of those things where it's you can't go back it's too i'm sure it's probably way too different now uh the when it was when i was a
0: kid so fair enough trev does virginia have a state fair probably <laughs> there's fairs i mean you know you've seen when you've seen them all right there's usually a what a a ferris it's, wheel and uh something yeah, fried that you normally don't fry
1: yep there's <laughs> fried foods there's rides that are way too dangerous yeah. to get on uh there's yeah. a really shitty haunted house <laughs> in the middle of summer yeah yeah I, i'm yeah. with you all right yeah yeah, that's that's basically China. what the Minnesota State Fair is like. If you go on the midway and there's like uh lots of like giant stuffed animals you can win on games that are rigged, like that Yeah, whole thing. I went a lot. Not for the arcade, but
2: I I went to the state fair a lot. Reese's peanut butter cups deep fried. And
0: wow, I, that, that's it. ambitious. I have not done yeah. that. <laughs> you only live once as they say. <laughs> yolo really trav you just dropped a yellow on this no i said you only live once i said the whole thing oh okay All i right. said it All right. i didn't abbreviate uh, but i do hate to to break up the minnesota love fest but uh i, I did want to ask dave because he has some video and this is a big deal if you listen to this podcast we take this very seriously you have uh some videos where you talk about <clears throat> hidden gems and hey! i, I got to know yeah i know uh, has has metal jesus have you have you heard from his lawyers is he on to you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love that question because it's just taken off so much such that people that watch those videos know what it is, but they can't quite like articulate it, possibly. The best way I can is just to say it's a game that didn't get as much coverage in notoriety as the big games back in the day, and it's worth coverage in that perspective i haven't gotten any cease and desist letters but i am willing to use the term to describe those games
1: (laughs) oh that guy they they've got our number on speed dial anytime we freaking have to deal with those folks man they're ruthless Uh, man they they are
0: and really it's just john riggs with a monocle but (laughs) we consider that to be metal jesus's lawyer So so you do, I mean, you spend a lot of time on your channel, it seems like, especially with the, um, the complete story stuff that seems to take like a ton of time. And then you got, you got the reviews and you got all this stuff. Uh, do, do you find time to play any modern games or even interested in a lot of the modern stuff? Like, do you play anything <laughs> for fun that just doesn't end up on YouTube? Not
2: really man like I stopped my gaming experience for the most part on console gaming in like the beginning of the PlayStation 3 era I bought Final Fantasy 13 played it and I never really played Anything else on console from then forward. Now I do dabble into some like old school MMOs like uh, the EverQuest TLP servers. I don't know if you know what that is, but that was an MMO I played a lot and they release servers where they gradually release expansions every few months, right? And that's kind of fun for nostalgia. But other than that, man, I just play these retro games. I have a retro pie. Um, sometimes I just, you know, chill with that for fun you know work on content otherwise but i just don't focus on modern gaming man, man i'm i'm becoming a boomer i'm a gaming
1: boomer <laughs> hey that's alex yeah yeah pretty much um i don't know if you're in the same boat but i i kind of resent the idea that i have to play something just cuz it happens to be released right now like listen i'm a, i'm really excited about metroid dread i really want to play mm. it cuz i loved yeah. samus returns on 3ds that was a great time but I don't want to play it now. I'll play it when I get around to it. I don't like following gaming in real time. That's just me, though. I'm I'm a stubborn idiot like that. But oh, That uh, game
2: looks sweet. That is one that could draw me in, and it, I'm really excited about the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters, too. Those are sweet.
0: Yeah, those look fun, so. too, for sure. I think I'm in line with you guys in that, you know, I do play a fair amount of modern stuff, but I I definitely take my time to get to it. And I wait until it's not relevant, and then I do it. ghost Ghost of Tsushima
1: mm. is still your game of the year, would you say? <laughs> <laughs> or was that last year?
0: I, I I think I played that game for like six months because it takes me forever to get through games. But yeah, I think I played that this year, but I think it came out last year, though.
1: Maybe oh, even okay. two years
0: ago. I don't remember, but
1: I liked it. Yeah, it was great. What's the best thing you've played so far this year that came out this year?
0: Have you played anything that came out this year? <laughs> I don't think I've played anything that came out this year. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Uh Yeah, I know. The last uh, quote unquote modern thing that I played was uh, the Castlevania Advance collection that just came out uh, on Steam. And I dove into, uh, I, I was playing side by side Circle of the Moon. I was playing it on uh, my original uh, Game Boy Advance and then I was kind of going back and playing it on uh, Steam the re-release just cuz I was perversely curious like what they changed and it was just really minor stuff they did such a good job with like the quality of life improvements on that stuff so I really hope that um they continue to do that Konami's been decent about that recently especially when it comes to Castlevania so We'll see what happens. Did you like the Bloodstain games?
2: Those actually were sweet. I did play those.
1: Yeah, uh, they're oh, so good. They yeah they they scratch a certain itch for sure. Um, I don't necessarily always like the whole Metroidvania thing. I, by the way, I'm trying to I'm trying to get away from saying the word Metroidvania just because I hate I don't know I I, I hate words like that because it's like what does this have to do with Castlevania? But so I, I like calling them exploration platformers. That's my forced over too many syllable word.
2: Phrase. I'm stealing that for a video.
0: I say gated exploration. <laughs> I think that that is is yeah. also good because then you That's can have good like too. your Metroid primes and stuff can be gated
1: exploration. Oh sure, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But yeah, th- those games definitely scratch a good edge. I, I liked. I really liked um, Hollow Knight. That's another game like that that was awesome. But yeah, the- it seems like there's about a thousand games like that, though. That's the problem. Yeah, that, that one in particular at least has the atmosphere and stuff going for it. The, the uh, whole Castlevania vibe. You tried the remake of Actraiser yet? I have not. No, I'm waiting for the price to go down.
2: Was yeah. it like thirty bucks still? I don't know, but that looked interesting, and it was kind of a surprise release, from what I recall. Yeah, so, it was out of yeah. nowhere,
1: completely out yeah. of nowhere. And some people really don't like it. I, I, I it, but the reasons I've read w- that why they didn't like it were kind of dumb. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I, I haven't played it yet, but nope. uh, I'm sure there will be a. I, I will say I did play Soul Seraph, which was supposed to be a quote unquote spiritual sequel to act razor that was trash Mm. that was not good yeah i remember your video that yeah stay away from that game that's just like a a glorified phone (laughs) game like with tower (laughs) defense and shit it's just bad like it's a ripoff quintet tried to make solo crisis or
2: the the saturn i don't know if you've heard of that but it only came out in japan originally intended to be act an ActRaiser game but it discarded most of the actors or elements, and it had some world building stuff, but it just it wasn't anything to note. I would say.
0: Wow, Solo Crisis. I've never yeah. heard of this. That's cool. Yeah, I would almost check it out just because it has the DNA, you know. But I'm I'm glad you prefaced it with "you will be disappointed," so that now yeah, I know. Yeah, you but...
1: will.
2: Quintet was the bomb, but that game was slackluster.
1: <laughs> I will say, I did just get uh, the game Hunt Down today that was um on sale 50% off and that's like uh, a blazing chrome style old school 2d contra style run and gun mm. thing and this game looks freaking awesome lots of different characters to choose from lots of carnage lots of great pixel art um i think this game originally got released on one of the uh modern console uh virtual or what do you call it like a uh, playstation you know online switch online all that stuff and now it's on steam so i'm gonna hopefully dive into this sometime soon what's it called again hunt down
2: all right just watch I'll the tra- did
1: you did you ever play blazing chrome
2: i haven't no but i'm a big fan of the genre i suppose yeah. i love metal slug and contra yes yeah,
1: if you so. like those games you'll like you'll love blazing chrome and hunt down is supposed to be more of the same kind of a,
0: kind of stuff which is
2: all right
0: i'm all in Trav, have you heard of that game hunt not of Hunt Down. No, I'm familiar with Blazing Chrome because it kicks my ass. But um, but no, Hunt Down I've not heard of. Check it out. Check it out. I'll check it out. Minnesota, Minnesota, represent, huh? Check you it Minnesota out.
1: Minnesota, <laughs> represent. That's what we're doing here. All right. Well, uh, I don't I, know I, why I worked the southern accent in there. Do what now? <laughs> well, you're appealing to me. You see, so that's good. Mm. You got... I'm in Nashville now, so.
0: Hey, you're like a hybrid. What what's it like being uh, you know, a, a Minnesotan there in Nashville? Is it uh people pick up on the accent? Do they care?
2: Oh they do right away, like you're the odd guy out, which is funny because, you know, up there it wouldn't be it would be the exact opposite. But that's fine. It's it's fine. I love it here. Weather's so much better. Um food's great, so <laughs> I don't right, care. I they can make fun of the the Yankee accent all they want. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've I've spent some time in Nashville. Like country music isn't my thing, but I tell you, Nashville is a fun city, regardless of your musical taste. Uh, it's, yeah, it's absolutely, fun, it's fun to hang out in. All right, well, I think that that's going to wrap up uh, at least the questions that we wrote out for you, Alex. Do you have anything else you want to ask old uh, Dave here?
1: No, we covered the metal Jesus thing with, with, <laughs> with the lawyers, so we got our we got our our bases covered here. There you go. You yeah. know, our legal base is covered.
2: He should join the show. He should come on.
1: He'd be a good good guest. Well, we, we, we really want him to come on because we want to yeah. give him lots of shit about the whole Hidden Gems thing. <laughs> that should but,
2: be like a whole segment of the show yeah, if he does.
0: Yeah. Endearingly, of course. We do love Metal Jesus. Of course. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah well, Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Um, You know, here's your chance to maybe let people know what's going on with the channel, what they can uh, expect coming up next, maybe even how to get to it. Because I don't even think I told folks how to spell it. I mean, it'll be in the title of the episode, people. But in case you're driving and you don't want to, like, read from your phone, Dave, take it away. How do people find you and and what can they expect coming up?
2: Yeah, sure. Just on YouTube, search for Zygor Gaming. It's it's X-Y-G-O-R or um, YouTube.com slash Zygor. Um, You can expect one video a week, usually a review. Sometimes it will be a story explanation or a complete series retrospective. Um, I want to try to keep it to one video a week, and I focus on retro content, um, especially retro RPGs, which Travis is the biggest fan of among the sides. <laughs> yeah, big closet fan. I don't want to let you guys know, but I'm in love with all of <laughs> But th- Yeah, thanks a ton, guys. Love the love the podcast. So. Of
1: course. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it.
0: All right, everyone, that's been another Drunk Friend Podcast. Hey, guess what? You can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We love reading it, and we'll respond here eventually. Go to polymedianetwork.com if you want to hear more podcasts from us or our crew. we got Tales of the Lesser Medium, Petey's Power Hour, Polykill, Indie Quest, all kinds of shows, so go check them out. Yeah, and my girlfriend Pearl is going
1: to be on Petey's Power Hour this week. Uh, in fact, they're recording tomorrow. And uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm dreading what they're gonna say about me
0: uh, during that time. But, oh, it's uh, going to it's definitely going to be all about you for sure.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, obviously that that's why I brought it up because <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> but um, if you're not interested in sending an email, it's no big deal. Just give us a rating and review on a
0: podcast app of your choice, and that'll that'll help us out big time. Big time. You can find us all on social media on Twitter. I'm at Trav Plays Games Alex is at Snestdrunk, and you can find Dave of Zygor Gaming at Zygor Gaming. Imagine that. Imagine it. As always,
1: the music you heard in the beginning and can hear right now was composed by our friend Coolor. And Coolor, by the way, is working on making a sh- shoot 'em up from scratch for the Super Nintendo. It's it's a fascinating project to follow. Uh, I'll keep you guys posted on that if you're interested. The track here is called Electric Star Bounce and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast
0: page and of course a shout out to josh leslie for his thirst quenching logo and happy belated birthday josh be sure to catch us all on youtube and thanks for listening we hope you have a great rest of your day